Welcome in to Paydirt Sports, part of the Six Pack Coverage Network. This is Will Dunn here with Nick Trucial and Seth Coggin. As you know, we uh, left our episode last week with a little drafting of our own super conferences. We'll get into that later. But first, let's kick it off. British Open, your boy. I hope the listeners listened. <laughs> one, of, one of your boys, eight picks. Cameron Smith comes away with the dub. Nice little payday. Yeah, what do we Guys, hit? What yeah, the Pater collective hit. It was just uh, I put twelve bucks down on him. Nice. One, what was uh, the uh, one three thirty six? Nice. Well, and so we so I I spread out a hundred bucks total over those eight guys, so I profited two thirty six. Here we go. That's profit. That's how baby. the payer, That's how the collective works. That's how you do it. You just got to sprinkle we just it spread around. it up. We spread it, spread it far enough out that it it always comes back positive. Yeah. Heck yeah. I do, I do want to talk about this for a little bit though, just because Cam Smith. Yeah, essentially two days just played out of his mind. I mean, putting stayed, God. like like played good the first day, insane the second day, third day stayed in it, and then fourth day again just absolutely obliterates the course. Meanwhile, you know Rory has this big run on the third day, and to me, he Rory played well. played, played good enough on Sunday to win a major. I think he shot two or three under. You know, you have a four shot lead yeah. or whatever. You expect to win those and it i don't know i the, i don't want anyone coming away from this thinking rory like choked another one away because we've seen out of like him being the favorite a lot of times people are saying oh he can't put four good days together well he did do it this time it was just cam smith played he had a he had a jordan day like he had a day that was mm-hmm. unheard of especially on that last day so i'll leave it uh, open to y'all just kind of your, your thoughts on the open yeah rory did you just kind of touched on him but he had a fantastic major season. He did not win, but I think, I mean, I, I want to say he might've finished top 10 in all four. Yeah. Um, and, and came the closest at this one, which he has acknowledged that this course at St. Andrews, the British open is his like ultimate prize. Like that's, that's the one he wants to win. Um, and that's gotta be just kind of a disheartening, but also encourage like he did not, like you said, he did not choke. He played fantastic. He played solid. He played smart. He played, uh, really, really, really good golf for a lot of the, uh, you know, the all four days and even Sunday. I mean, he did, he wouldn't have played, it, admittedly, probably, you know, his greatest round of all time, but he played a good enough round with a four-shot lead on Sunday to, like, win most majors. Like, because that means that a guy close to you, like, you know, a guy within to the top three had a day for the ages, and that's what Cam Smith did, like you said. Um, awesome to see. Uh, now he's uh, already kind of slingshotting that that fame into a possible live deal. Um, any what are, what are the details on that? I mean, we can talk more about uh, the actual tournament, but uh, but I think I think this coming out about live almost on the on the day after he wins the PGA in just an epic fashion. As a young, like he is a lightning, not a well, not a lightning rod. I don't think he's polarizing in a bad way, but he just is a very vi- vi- like recognizable figure in the game of golf like you know he's yeah, an australian hair. with a mullet dude like and he's just amazing at golf like he's not just a, he's young like, yeah he's yeah. young and he's just so super talented um so he he is like a big draw for the future of golf as a sport and whole um so them to be kind of drawing someone like himway who just won one of the biggest tournaments one of the majors like th- those are the winners that if they're drawing away major winners that is significant like extremely significant um so props to him for winning it and honestly props to him for like i was kind of thinking about it 
And I know, I know that there are issues with where the money's coming from. Like I get that there are ethical and moral concerns, but like at the end of the day, we kind of all face those in some way or another. If you could guarantee in the next like five years that you're going to make the same amount, if everything goes like good over the next like 15 years at a different job, money that's not guaranteed, like even if I stuck with the PGA tour, that money's not guaranteed. Yeah. It's theoretically there. It exists, but that means I got to stay healthy. That means I got to keep playing at the top of my game. I can't start miss missing cuts. Like e- everything is dependent on me. Content- if I could grab my potential career earnings, guaranteed money, it would be very hard. It would be a very interesting conversation to have. and work a lot less <laughs> and work less. So I don't know. It's uh, it probably depends on why you're in golf. Honestly, like if you're in golf for the love of golf, like for the love of the game, like you truly, which some guys have kind of come out and said, which is props to them. Like, that's cool. But if, if golf is your job, if golf is your way to make a living, like it'd be almost, I mean, it'd be almost impossible to, to really turn that kind of opportunity down. Um, to just get that big, because I don't know what he'd sign for, but I'm sure. So what he win in the U in the British Open? What was his purse? It was like two and a half million or something. I bet it's bigger than that. Uh, well, the total purse was fourteen million. I was looking at it. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Well, I bet he wins. Winner probably expected. wins like forty percent of that, though. Yeah. So he probably wins like six. I was going to say because I think the Masters is what five like, to seven. Oh, no, dude, think? Masters winners like eight. I'm it's pretty big, sure it's bigger money it, now. Maybe I was. Pull, yeah, pull up the open purse. I'm going to say a couple things too about Cam Smith. Yeah. First of all, I do want to say the thing yeah, that two was and a half, about, what was it? Percent, uh, so it was two and a half million for winning the 2022 20, Open See, Championship. It was 22% prize increase from last I, year. The most he would ever. All right. Not the most he'd ever win. Okay. I'm not. I'm handicapped. All right. Let's say he goes on to win 10 majors. Like, what's that in career earnings? Which would be an amazing. He would be like, that's like. Okay, one maybe of the best. best of all yeah. time. Yeah, thirty-five million dollars in earnings on those tournaments. Now he makes money from other tournaments, but if you're someone saying here's a hundred million, that's yeah, so just hard guaranteed. To well, yeah. you do have to look at too, like a bunch. Of, some of these guys are losing sponsorships, like big sponsorship deals. Yeah, yeah. Which again, you're turning around and making that money elsewhere. So yeah they're coming it's a substitution they're coming out on top still like but something to be said about it anyway a couple things about cam smith i wanted to say real quick was over this tournament it was awesome to see how he played aggressive the entire time and it was just like his his weekend yeah because there are so many shots that he put close that could have ended up really bad so many putts he made that could have ended up way off the green you know so props to him I think his deal for live, what I saw was 90 million, which actually, if I'm him and I'm planning on going to live, I think he could have probably negotiated more, especially coming fresh off the open win and what that's going to do for live tour, I imagine. So that was one thing I was kind of, I don't know. We'll see about that. But then it also comes back. We talked about morals and stuff. And Tiger had a big kind of spiel on this, talking about what Arnold Palmer told him and everything talking about growing the game of golf and keeping it basically saying like honoring it at the same time. Right. So I think that's where you run into Seth, you kind of touched on it with the, uh, I forget what you were saying, just like honoring the game of golf uh, kind of over here and 
making sure the morals are there and keeping it respectable. I think that's something else you run into. I don't know. Like I can't, I just can't get past like where the money's coming from like that. I, I get it. Like so many guys have a price, but it's, it's surprised me a little bit how many guys have chosen to go over there. Cam Smith surprises me guys like Brooks and DJ. That doesn't really surprise me. A young guy like Matt Wolf, Cam Smith again is kind of a young guy too, but I didn't necessarily see that coming from him. I don't, I mean, but this is real. It, it is totally real now. This is a true threat. And uh, I don't think we mentioned it yet, but Faraday going over there, yeah, which in my mind tells me, yeah, which tells me, does Liv have a TV contract lined up? Got to. You know? If that's, if Faraday, like, yeah, some kind of media plans are yeah, obviously something. in effect. Um, I think, I think they're almost betting on the fact that, um, uh, in a few years or even farther, like if it succeeds, no one's going to remember kind of the group behind it. It just like will be live golf. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I know that sounds kind of, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little letting everybody off a little easy on that one, but it's kind of, that's how our, it's how our brains work almost as humans. Like we do forget, like right now it's like, Oh, live golf is sponsored by these people, but it's like suddenly down the road. It's like, Oh, it's just live golf. Like, I kind of forget where the, like, I don't know. Maybe you don't maybe like, maybe, maybe that's why it like doesn't succeed. I think they're hoping that you do kind of forget uh, who are the true backers of this project and (laughs) you just enjoy the product. They're hoping their product's good enough to outweigh their bad, like publicity, you know, from the ownership perspective. Well, and I never really even thought about this, but I mean, some people talk about it, but not many people talk about the NBA in China. You know, like yeah, no one that's really their biggest revenue, it. like yeah. one of their biggest revenues. I'm not sure if it beats out the U.S., but I know China makes a ton of money for the NBA. Yeah. And they go play out in China and do the the tour out there or whatever. So, yeah, it's a lot of weird things going on. Yeah, it's a little like holier than thou kind of thing. It's like, yeah, they're taking money from kind of detestable people. But like, I'll be honest, if I go sell a golf car in some douchebag walks in that's like obviously a bad person and he you know buys a money big I golf mean, car i'm gonna and i pocket you know my commission like i'm probably gonna take it you know like yeah, <laughs> oh man yeah. who am i money to talk talks. i'll be honest money like talks. if someone was paying me 90 million for the next <laughs> to just commit me for the next like 10 years like you're not even committing my whole life like this is just all right i'll sign a contract for uh, for guaranteed money for the next 10 years and retire a happy man like, <laughs> and yeah. then maybe do a lot more good on the back end maybe i can convince yeah you can make up that. for it yeah I'm, i'll give i'll give half of that money away <laughs> i do kind of like i'm getting to the point where i agree people will almost forget about it or people will just decide to kind of turn yeah. a blind eye and not really care about it i think and that's what it's going to just kind of quit to. paying attention to that stuff too like they just want to watch the game of golf and if they enjoy exactly. it, they're they're just going to be like oh well i'm not really thinking about any of that stuff that's in the back of my head i'll just i'll just watch this golf because it's fun to watch well it's entertainment people will still yeah. want to watch the best play the best wherever it's coming from yeah there was Faraday, uh, though man Faraday throws me for a loop like i think that's a big that's i think that's huge. bigger than a lot of people think like he is the golf channel to me yeah. you know like whether it's announcing or doing a show like Faraday's a big pull for me um yeah do we want to hop into a little bit of sec media days there was a one thing that I wanted to talk about with Rory really quickly, a, a cool yeah. tweet that I saw, and then we can get into SEC media days. So I saw a tweet of there was the aggregate major scores of golfers who made the cut at all four in 2022. So we had Hatton at plus 19, Reed plus 15, 
Neiman plus 13, Hideki plus six, Rom plus four, JT was minus three, Fitzpatrick was minus 16, Zalatoris was minus 21, and Rory was minus 29 through all four majors and couldn't get a win. I mean, that is just, oh, that is disheartening. I mean, yeah. that sucks. The, the, the dude has put together some great performances, but it just hasn't uh, worked out in the end. At least he got paid for it. Yeah. I mean, he's made still, a lot of money this year. He's, I did he's see, made a lot of money. So. Yeah. I saw another stat similar to that one. It was like he has beaten 97.5 or 98.5% of golfers over the four majors. So, and I mean, somehow not won one or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, he, he had a good year still. So you can't uh, feel that sorry for him, but it does kind of suck that, um, he he's played that well and just hasn't been able to to finish the job. I did have a weird problem as Tiger was making his uh, last walk on St. Andrews. Anyway, he did say he was going to keep playing. He would play some more British open. Yeah, so He was crying, we, wasn't he? Yeah. Or, but we do have a, it, it is good to know. We got a couple more years of Tiger most likely, um, but it, it will be his last time at St. Andrews. He said, as he's walking across the announcers, I think they were just talking. They were trying to, make a moment but they were kind of they were trying to compare it to jack nicholas like on his last time handing the torch over to tiger and they were saying that about tiger and rory and i was like all right let's hold up here first of all yeah rory's not really i mean he's still young but he's not like he's been around he's a for young a minute, guy though. yeah he's not the young guy anymore and also i wanted to say rory look he'll there's a good chance he wins another major or a couple more but let's not get let's not check I, I, that box i get off passing already. the yeah passing the torch doesn't necessarily mean he's the next tiger or anything but i did kind of have a problem with them saying that was what was going to happen i was like look rory's got to win another major before we start saying he's going to be carrying the torch for anything no offense i know he's number one but let's just hold the phone on that a little bit yeah because he hasn't won one in what eight years a long time yeah he's had a couple of really good chances but yeah came in second at the masters and um, just hasn't uh, kind of had that insane game that gets you the win or that insane round. Mm-hmm. Every time you see kind of a golfer, and we'll probably keep continuing to see it, like flash in the pan of dominance and then, you know, coast off. Like I think of three guys in particular, Rory, <clears throat> Rory, and then Spieth, and then mm-hmm. Kepka. Yep. And Ke- I mean, both all three still – relatively in the primes of their careers. So like definitely have opportunities to continue to win, but you know, you saw them all at one point in time over the course of eight tournaments or 12 tournaments, win a chunk of them, you know, like be, be just the best by far um, at the craft. Um, But all of them kind of had, had moments where they slipped back and kind of lost I don't know if it's that edge of like victory of like great victory, or they just couldn't put all the factors together or they got in their own head. Like, I mean, golf is such a mental game and physical, um, whether you're not, you know, Kepka hasn't been hundred percent healthy for a while, uh, or at least he wasn't there for a while. And that definitely can affect you in a lot of ways, but it's just a testament again to the greatness of Tiger Woods, of like how long his extended run of just, dominance was like how much of a stranglehold he had on the field of golf um just like no one had tiger just shut the door on everyone 
he had like no people had so little opportunity to win. That's why like people come. I, I saw some people talking about the eras today of golf, like how much more competitive people like to trash on tiger's era sometimes. But like if tiger's not there, you're, you're probably talking about four or five guys that win eight majors or something like, like mm-hmm. there were great players there. They just didn't have like, he suffocated them. He was just so dominant and so, so good. And so consistent for such an extended period of time. And even he didn't have, you know, he almost burned so bright that it was almost impossible that he could continue that kind of run at that level, just with the way he torqued his body, all that kind of stuff. Like beyond this, beyond the stuff outside of golf, like let's think about his actual injuries that he did. Like he just couldn't, his body couldn't hold up the extreme, extreme stress he was putting on every single swing. And I mean, think about all the practice he did. You know, he's just absolutely ripping up his body um, to be at that high level. But just watching these guys kind of be a flash in the pan, be great for two seasons when, you know, win three out of eight majors and like an amazing run. But then Tiger did it again and he did it again and he did, he won three out of eight and then he won three out of six and then he won, you know, three out of eight. You know, he did it again and again and again over, you know, the course of how kind of a. I guess his real dominant career was what? Like nine, I guess 97 was that 97 to 08 was kind of like his true run of like, yeah. like where he just was everything. Yeah. Um, so, and I mean, he won how many majors in that pretty much, pretty much that span. His he last won one four, was yeah, 14 but. majors uh, from 97 to 08. So anyway, I know we weren't even talking about Tiger Woods and we tend to come back to like, you know, well, we were some of our favorites uh, quite often. But uh, but I mean, it, it, it sucks sometimes to watch him struggle, but um, like it still doesn't feel like he's done like totally like Tiger Woods will finish a few more top tens. I, I would bet probably most likely at the Masters because that's just where he really is built to succeed <laughs> and where he like finds an edge over other players that course. Um, I don't know, maybe not, but I just feel like he, I don't, I don't think he would keep playing if he didn't truly believe he could be a factor. I think he knows his limitations and he knows like, and this season is definitely even different because he's truly coming up big injury, like not just a little, yeah. little pain. Almost they lost said his leg. Uh, the announcers said they had talked to some orthopedic surgeon like right before the British open and the surgeon was like, what he's doing is literally impossible. Like the, they were talking about the muscles that you have to use to make this swing aren't even there anymore. He's having to pull power and torque from other muscles to get them to like push the ones that aren't there. I mean, it's insane. And along with that, I don't think, I still think he's kind of not ready. I think he kind of pushed himself to make it to even just two of these majors this year or maybe three, whatever it was. Yeah. I think as like he continues to rest and get used to this new body that he has. I mean, he's still hitting the ball. Yeah. That's that's all you can really ask for. Like he can still get it down and he's got the power still. Like, I don't know. I I agree with you, Seth. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously right there. I mean, yeah, he, he was a few shots behind the true, like, well, quite a few. But he's playing professional golf like at a high level. <laughs> it's like crazy. Yeah. Um, and we just almost take it for granted because it's Tiger Woods. Like him doing something so remarkable is just Tiger being Tiger. 
And so like him doing like him having this impossible comeback that for anyone else probably doesn't happen. It's just tiger being tiger kind of taking it for granted, but we've been, we've learned a lot from him down the road. So it'll be fun to watch the end of his career play out. I'm glad we've gotten to kind of see him. I'm honestly like, I hope we get to see him be old. Like I hope we see him one day be a starter at the masters when he's 85, you know, and it's like on the tee, a six-time, whatever, seven-time Masters champion, Tiger Woods. That'd be awesome. And he's, he's an honorary starter, and uh, we get to see him age gracefully and be a great ambassador for the game for a long time to come. So thank God for the Genesis uh, Genesis QV80, GV80, for saving that man's life. Yeah. What a great car made great. by Hyundai. Shout out, shout out Genesis. Shout out, shout out South Korea. <laughs> well with with all that i think we can head into sec media days really uh talk it. if y'all have who all anything... went today who all went this was just day one on monday yeah. right brian, brian kelly went today right oh that's right brian kelly. that's boring though see brian kelly is so boring he might actually do pretty good because he's like boring enough well but think about it. had he ever been to a media day yeah oh well at, at some point maybe at cincinnati I think oh, Cincinnati yeah. was his last one because does Notre Dame, what do they do? They have anything? their own TV deal, right? So they like, they don't, I don't really yeah, but associate I don't think they do like anything. a Notre Dame yeah. media day or anything. I don't think it's they just, do. Yeah, you just have your press conferences and whatnot, you know? So I don't know. It's something to think about. The, the one thing I wanted to touch on, uh, and then we can move into some other stuff. Greg McElroy came out and said that he believes Josh Heupel is under the most pressure out of all SEC coaches and that expectations may be a bit too high. Now, I don't know if I can agree with that, but you think about it, and we'll, we'll talk about it in a second. We talked about it a little bit before. It doesn't sound as crazy when you talk through it, but I do want to say I do not think Heupel is under really any pressure as long as he wins seven games. Like, I don't, I don't think he has to – make some big jump this year. I don't think he can have a losing season for sure no. after what he showed last year. And because you do have talent coming back. I I'm one to say Tennessee fans, I think keep forgetting like this defense is not very good or at least it wasn't last year. Maybe it's better yeah. this year. So we'll see how that plays out, but I expect Tennessee to win seven or eight games. And I think if, if he does go seven and five and it's not as great of a year as Vol fans are hoping for, I don't think he's on the hot seat or anything necessarily. No. Yeah. Sure I think is- Oh, go ahead, Seth. Well, I think pressure could mean different things. Like, is he on the hot seat as in like getting fired? Probably not. But is there pressure on him to put together a really good season? Yeah. I mean, that that is a little more kind of along the lines of maybe I'm really I'm not I don't think he's under much pressure. I I would put other guys ahead of him, but I'm just kind of thinking through it, you know, like because if I mean, let's be honest, if he goes six and six, like which would be a regression, which anytime you regress, it's bad. But if he like the fan base would turn on him probably pretty quick. Like Tennessee fans are no to- like pretty not, crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, not not even crazy. Honestly, I think they're maybe good at recognizing when like someone doesn't have it. <laughs> like it's like, oh, he's like, yeah, we can if cut the fan ties ba- if you lose the fan base, like that momentum. Like right now he has the momentum. Like he's recruiting really well. See, and that's going to save him, too. Like 
he's not really under that much pressure because he's recruiting well. When you right. keep recruiting well, like that saves you, that gives you time because it's like, oh yeah, well we may not be great this year, but look at this class I've already got coming in. Like I'm bringing in more talent. It's when you start to struggle and recruit bad, then that's when things start rolling in the wrong direction for sure. And that's when you do get a lot more pressure a lot fast. So I would look at more guys that aren't recruiting very well. Um, like, I don't know who would be on the most pressure in the SEC. We've kind of got a, a an interesting blend now of new coaches um, that are, haven't had any time to be kind of on the hot seat, um, blended with like coaches who have had pretty good success in their short tenures. You know, guys that came in at similar times, Lane Kiffin's doing well at Ole Miss. Uh, Pittman's done great at Arkansas. Um, who's kind of my, I mean, Mike Leach has done okay. He's not on, the, I wouldn't put him on the hot seat down at Mississippi State. Um, and then like guys like Brian Kelly um, are too new, you know, Shane yeah. Beamers and maybe year three. And I mean, I, th- I would honestly put hypo in that category. What's this? Is this year three? Year two. Oh, it's just year two. It's just year two. Yeah. yeah so, and he had a good first year. I mean, I, I don't. With that does inheriting kind of a mess yeah. of a program after yeah. Jeremy Pruitt. Like I'd put the most pressure on Jimbo. Yeah. Because he's agreed. kind of brought that on himself. But I don't know, Nick. What, what, do, what do you think there? Yeah. I mean, I think. uh Kind of going along with what you said, Hypolis recruiting at uh, uh, fell a couple of spots over the weekend uh, to number seven, but still in the top 10, which, I mean, that's all you can really ask for. Put up the best numbers we've ever seen on the offensive side of the ball for Tennessee last year. How can you possibly put him on the hot seat? So I think kind of going along those lines, yeah, he does have some pressure, but that is what an SEC head coach, that's what the job comes along with. There's going to be pressure. You have millions of fans wanting their team to succeed. So I think that that's something that he knew was going to be there and is going to come along with the job. Um, And I could see seven, eight wins realistically with the ceiling as high as 10 wins. Uh, I think kind of going around there and um, yeah, Bama and Georgia are going to be tough, but he hung with Alabama until the end of the fourth quarter, really the second half of the fourth quarter last year made some noise there uh florida is going to be down so that's really big georgia they're going to be in their natty hangover so i I think this is a big year for hypo right here so yeah i could kind of understand i guess the pressure aspect a little bit but not really hot seat and then i agree with jimbo fisher that he's he's got the most pressure really being put on him because all right, he's got the recruits. He's got the years under his belt. He fired up uh, Nick Saban, and there was all this talk about uh, bad blood between them. I could see a AM. Go- no, I could see AM going seven and five this year. Yeah, they certainly very could. easily, very easily. They go seven and five. And I mean, is Jimbo still there if they go seven and five? I think he is because they've guaranteed him so much money. But yeah. Ooh, I would want to be Jimbo if they go seven and five. Now, they may not. They may have a better year than that, but I, I wouldn't doubt it. I'll be honest. I could see that. You know what? You know who I actually think the most pressure is on is Brian Harson. I was about to say, he's and on the we haven't really seat. talked yeah. about him a lot, but I think he. I don't know if he's got the most pressure. He's on I think the he's hottest the most, seat. I think he's. Sure. Yeah, I think he's on the hottest seat. We kind of we we talked about that before the show, and we kind of didn't even mention him, but he's definitely on the hottest seat. Yeah, with that, his, he was almost seat, fired already. Yeah, his seat was burning red in February, and somehow he survived that. So, and I, but I just, I, I personally think, uh, I, I just. I have a bad feeling that Auburn's going to have a really bad year um, and he's going to get the cut. Cause I mean, think about recruiting. He's not doing great in recruit. Like we, we talk about how that can help you if you're on kind of the borderline, if you're on kind of the borderline of 
being in bad graces with the fans and boosters and everything, and and you're recruiting bad. It's it's not see a, a boy, it's for see success. a boy, and you've brought you've brought you've already brought a bunch of negative press to the university. Like no nah. one wants to work for you either. Apparently, yeah. Derek Mason bounced out of town. They they were button heads, and now he's well, he fired. State. What did he do? He, didn't he have three offensive coordinators? Yeah, three defensive started? coordinators in yeah. the off season. Yeah, in the like off season. Like how does oof, how yeah. does that happen? Yeah, that's not good. That is not a good sign. Yeah, I wouldn't. Wouldn't anticipate that goes too well. Um, I think it does set up pretty good for Hypo in this year, which I think maybe that does put a little pressure on him because he's got so he plays LSU right out of the West. Like in year one with Brian Kelly, like you need to take advantage of that chance to beat LSU. Yeah. Year one with a head coach, if you don't beat them in year one, if they have, start having success, you probably won't, you might not get them for a while. A program like that, like LSU, I would honestly put maybe Golly. Florida um, and kind of Alabama. As a few of the like Nick Saban's first year, they were susceptible that you know, you anyone you know, they went like seven and six his first season there, but by year two, they were tenant, you know, they they had taken a big leap where Mm -hmm. it became a lot, you know, a lot more difficult to beat them in year two. Um, so year one with both Napier in Florida and then Kelly in LSU, so like great chances for big wins over those programs. Which, if you beat Florida and LSU in a season. And you know, That's throw throw in some other of a season. You know, throw in some other maybe go nine and three with wins over both of them. And that's a I mean, that's a really fun, fun year. Um, and I think a lot of people be pumped about that. So I actually think maybe it's a good type of pressure. It's like he has the pressure on it because he has an opportunity to have a really good yeah. year. Because um, he set expectations. Yeah, he set yeah, yeah. He's he's put pressure is a privilege. Privilege is a privilege. <laughs> pressure is a privilege, man. <laughs> um, it truly is kind of a he has pressure on him to succeed because he's shown that he's capable of success um, and shown. And and you've got a good quarterback uh, that helps a lot, you know, in terms of it, that builds expectations, because when you have a good quarterback, it means, you know, you can have the possibility to be a really, really good team. Um, and so when you got that in place and you already know that that's solidified, it does raise expectations, but let's go. Let's meet them and exceed them. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. And I'm looking at the uh, recruiting rankings here. Auburn is all the way down at number 73. Uh, yeah. with teams like Kansas, Florida Atlantic, Western Not Michigan, pretty. East Carolina, San Diego State ahead of them. Not so, pretty. <laughs> Harson, you got some work to do, buddy. I think no, they I mean, already know that. I, I can gone. see it. I could see Auburn burning to the ground this year. Like I could see it going really bad. Yeah, like a two or three win season. One thing I didn't realize about LSU, and I guess I just missed this whole thing, but I guess the quarterback's going to be Jaden Daniels from Arizona State. Yeah. That kid can play. That yeah. that changes things a little bit for me. You don't have just kind of a – they had two or three game managers playing last year, you know. So I think – who knows? I'm not saying they're going to do that great, but that does change – change the tune on them for me a little bit just knowing they have like a playmaker a quarterback but like you like you said I think that's why I don't think there's a lot of pressure because I think if Hypo can I mean beat Florida just beat Florida yeah and that's very attainable this year yeah if you can beat Florida and you go if you can't beat them this year though that's a bad sign oh then then it's bad but if you yeah. beat them and you go seven and five, like I think Tennessee fans are like, you know what? Beat Florida. Maybe we were competitive against Bama or Georgia. That was another step in the right direction, even though the win total wasn't any better. We beat a rival, beat Florida, who we've beaten one time in the last 12 years or whatever. Yeah. 
And we are hungry for that Florida win. I'm I'm hungry for a Bama win. That's what I want. I, I'm I telling want that you, man. More than Florida. I mean, crazy things can a, happen. You got a chance. I mean, you had a chance last year. There's no reason to think you don't have yeah. a real chance this year. I think We're the ahead. defense is just going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough to. Hendon Hooker coming back. I mean, who knows? He could just put on his Heisman season. I hope so. And like so. maybe a Cam Newton esque, just will his team to victory. Now that's KJ Jefferson's putting on that season. <laughs> I'm calling it. Look, maybe I'm wrong, but I've watched him take over ball games. Like I don't, you don't see very often where a quarterback is in complete control of the game. Like not even, not even just the offense. Somehow he's in control of like the game. He's inspiring our defense. Like when your quarterback, I think what it really is, is when you see your quarterback running over defenders, like willingly pounding defender, putting his shoulder down and just running over defenders. Like it makes the defense pumped up. It pumps up your offensive linemen. It makes everyone want to go harder. And so I think that's, that's what I'm predicting. You know what? I need to find what the futures bet is on a KJ Jefferson Heisman because I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying Arkansas goes 10 and two. KJ has an elite season. You know, he's a playmate. You know, he rushes for 450 yards, scores a bunch of touchdowns and, you know, leads Arkansas to a really good season with some signature wins. It's very possible. It's very possible. Seth, was your, uh, you responded to a tweet about the top four SEC quarterbacks. Did we talk about that last week or was that, did you do Ooh, it this I don't- week? Did we talk about that? I don't think we did. We talked about Will Levis last week, but yeah, I, we I don't did. Think, it's like how we had that conversation, but we we didn't. It wasn't even about the tweet. We just were talking about the top quarterbacks in this. Maybe it was a little bit, but tell let's let's just. I know we've got a lot to cover. Well, really, we just got the draft after this, but let's go into that just real quick because I did. I yeah, saw I've your got tweet. The, and I want to talk about it. The rankings right here, the SEC quarterback rankings, and yeah, it's it by just, it's by what Pro Football Focus, like PFF. That's right. Yeah. I yeah, think, but what well, like the, what's it based on? Like, I thought they were stats guys. What are they just? They're just willy nilly just ranking people now. So I think the one that I had pulled up was um, they have to be right. That's the whole thing with Levis. Like his stats are not good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. How do you even have stats for Spencer Rattler? He sucked at OU. The quarterback. No, the place. See, no, you Spencer Rattler had a, like he his sophomore year was really good. No. Or second year, yes. Golly. I thought this is a second year. No, dude, this, this is third third year playing. These PFF really? rankings, or wait, SEC quarterback rankings are. That's what I'm, I think he was a freshman last year. No, no, Rattler? Rattler's played. No, this is his third. Years. This is his third or fourth year, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, he, yeah, because yeah. he redshirted and then had two years, right? Or no, maybe this is his third. No, year. I Look, think he's played at least two years. Yeah, all, I, all I know is he was placed into the system that is the most favorable system for quarterbacks in like the history of football at Oklahoma. A, okay, a system that we... is consistently, a system that has consistently produced amazing. And he couldn't yeah, even but no, really no, no. succeed Listen at that high level. What were you about to say? The three quarterbacks that have been in it are literally all in the NFL though. Like, yeah, but like, okay. Jalen hurts. Yeah. But Jalen hurts. He transferred from Alabama and then he comes to OU and is a Heisman contender because the off like Lincoln Raleigh's offense put him in an amazing position. I'm not saying he wasn't good. I'm not saying Rattler's terrible, but like if a, a good quarterback in the perfect system is great. Like yeah. if you put a pretty if you put a good quarterback in that system, he's gonna look really good. 
And well, so we to, don't know that though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I mean, if you fair. put a game manager in there, would it look like that? Like you still have to have some pretty insane. Because I guess they they have had very talented quarterbacks on top of that. So like, I guess we haven't. All seen I'm an saying is, if he was really good, actually, this is not all I'm saying. This is a totally different point. If Spencer Rattler, if Spencer Rattler was legit, he would not be at this USC. Let's just say that Spencer Rattler was legit, he'd be out in Hollywood. With That's Lincoln true. Riley, but no, he was the second. He wasn't the guy. Like, I mean, not that the other guys, Caleb Williams. Yeah, Caleb good, Williams good could just be amazing. But he had chance over Caleb Williams. Like, he got the nod over. Uh, like, he had the opportunity first, and he kind of blew it. Like, he blew it by not producing enough. Um, and now he's at USC and Southern South Carolina instead of Southern California. Yeah. Um, and I think he's in for a little bit of a rude awakening. I don't think his team's like uber talented around him. And I That's just, where, yeah, like, I think the problem I think he's going to struggle. Yeah. Well, I'm, I don't, he might even be pretty decent and make South Carolina. Okay. Pretty good even, but like to call him to go ahead and immediately call him the second best quarterback in the sec is kind of actually disrespectful to a couple good quarterbacks, like really good quarterbacks who have elevated their team in the sec for an entire season. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of where the so you immediately kind of go to trashing a kid. Well, I'm not really trying to trash Spencer Adler. Like I really think he might have pretty decent success, but to just go ahead and throw him at the as the second best quarterback in the league, where he hasn't even been in the league, hasn't won a single game, and some of these guys have had fantastic seasons already in the SEC, like at the same school where they're primed to probably succeed more. Um, it's just kind of it's kind of silly. I would agree with um, but that. that's yeah. what these lists, these are silly lists for us. Dude, to this I'm looking at the PFF list and it's just pissing me off. Yeah, it's, like, it's bad. They had so 11 SEC teams had their quarterback ranked inside the top 50 overall. The teams that did not have a quarterback rank include Vanderbilt, Missouri, and AM. Uh, so that's pretty funny that uh, AM doesn't have all anything. Right. Yeah, talk about AM. That's a bad sign for Jimbo. Yeah. Not having a solidified quarterback can yeah, cost you games. In the SEC, where you're on that razor thin edge, and there's you, you know, you're probably losing a couple games off the top, and then there's about six games that could go either way, and you don't have a you don't have a great quarterback, you're probably losing more of those than you win. Yeah, yeah it's gonna come down to if that Haynes King kid can play because he was injured last year, right? Mm-hmm. He was supposed to play, I think. Yeah, and then um, didn't Calzada end up at Auburn? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Trucia, give me like the top six. So or eight I've got or the the list here. They only have, yeah. I think, eight. Uh, okay. On or no, maybe they have ten. Yeah, they have ten. But uh, so I'll quickly list these off, and they actually give you the overall ranking and SEC ranking as well. So Bryce Young comes at number one on both lists, so both in the SEC and overall as the best quarterback in the country. Fair. Rattler comes in at number two. But also number three overall in the country. Yeah, no, I got it. Yeah, I got a problem See, that's, with that. They've <laughs> just, number the they've third best big game boomer on us right now. They've they've pulled a big game boomer on us and put someone who's notable <laughs> name Williams that people understand a rattler. Yeah, yeah, and then we have Rogers, Will Rogers at Mississippi State coming at three overall ranking sixteen. Will that's Levis kind of, coming at number yeah. four and then overall nineteen. I don't know where that came from. The stats don't even back it up. He yeah, threw like, he had like, like two good games. Well, he didn't even throw that many touchdowns. Like he didn't have that many touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, like or yards. I feel like that <laughs> like Tennessee that... game just boosted his stats up enough to where people were like, 
oh, he's going to be really good just because our defense was horrible. And it was like, that's just the way the game went. They both were slinging. Like, Hennon Hooker had like five touchdowns that game, too. So, Levis is also the reason they lost. He threw a pick. Yeah, he threw a pick. And then uh, we have coming in at SEC ranking number five, overall ranking number 22, a trio of Miles Brennan, Garrett Nuzmeyer, and Jaden Daniels at LSU. What? Yeah. What do you mean? Number six, we have Hendon Hooker at Tennessee, 23 overall. Number seven, 26 overall, KJ Jefferson. Number eight and 28 overall, Zach Calzada at Auburn. Number nine and 30 overall, Anthony Richardson at Florida. And then rounding out the list as the 10th best SEC QB and 34th best QB in the nation, Stetson Bennett in Georgia. Um, I think this list is all scrambled. Like Stetson Bennett should be higher just because I assume his stats were pretty good and you have to give him something like he led a team to a national title. I don't yeah, care. What he he enough. Well. He led a team to the natty. Yeah. And so, but obviously I would put Hendon Hooker and KJ in the top four. Levis doesn't belong in there at all. Rogers. I put Rogers I'm, in there. He'd be my fourth guy. Yeah. He would be my fourth guy. I mean, dude, Stetson Bennett had 29 touchdowns to seven interceptions last year. Yeah, and Hinden That's Hooker pretty had, good numbers. And Hinden had thirty-one to three. Yeah, so like the fact that he's not in the top four baffles me. Yeah, yeah, it, and isn't it also if you're putting Spencer Rattler, it's expectations for next year as well, correct? So like Hinden Hooker, I would expect him to have a much bigger, yeah, and I mean, better season. He didn't start next the whole year. year. Yeah, I mean, he started so, pretty much the whole year. Pretty much, Joe Milton yeah. was could have gotten a couple more experiments. Where's Joe Milton on the list? He's got to be pretty high. Yeah, uh, it's I crazy that Tennessee no has two of the top three quarterbacks in the SEC this year. Someone awesome. mentioned that on the show I was listening to today. They was like, you know, there's probably some fans out there that wouldn't mind seeing Joe Milton get in there and throw it 85 yards every now and then. Yeah, instead of every now and then, like they'd rather see some kind of two QB, uh, some trick plays, two QB. Well, trick like plays. So they said they'd rather see Joe Milton overthrow a guy, but watch it go 85 yards than watch Hendon Hooker throw the four yard check down for like 40 <laughs> yards or whatever that it turns into. <laughs> Joe Milton throwing bombs is awesome. Yeah, I mean, the dude can't sling it, but it's nowhere near the receiver. So, hey, who knows? Maybe he'll get it. He's sticking around. Who knows? Yeah, Maybe I'm, su- uh... I'm surprised he stuck around, honestly. I thought he would have transferred and tried to find a job somewhere else, but. I mean, if he him. does, he's got he's gonna have to go like lower level. So maybe he's thinking he's redemption one- time. Yeah, maybe, maybe he thinks he's he can get one on year. Himself. Is he a backup quarterback? Like, is he number yeah. two? Yeah, yeah. Hennon Hooker is a clear, clear start. Not a bad number two, though. I no, mean, I mean, if it, and that's big, too, because, I mean, injuries can obviously happen. And having Joe Milton at number two, who's serviceable, at least, I mean, he's going to screw up some stuff, but <laughs> maybe it may be going to throw some bombs. I mean, Sleepy he might Joe. complete on it, too. You know, he might yeah. complete one or two and get lucky. And But also, he could have the, the pressure and kind of the mental stuff taken away being the backup. Yeah. And let's say he comes in and is just slinging it and out there carefree. Who knows? Maybe he performs a lot better. That'd be amazing. I could, like, see, la- I could see Joe Milton winning a game. Last second of the Bama game, Hinden Hooker has to come out for like a turned ankle or something. And Joe yeah. just 
We got we got 80 yards to go, Joe. One play. Do your stuff. Yeah, wait. Yeah. Hooker doesn't have to get injured. We just have to be 80 yards away. For like, yeah, no, it's like honestly, you put yards it, away. You You're put on like the 12 Milton. yard line, and he's yeah. he. I want to see him truly back up to the end zone on his drop back, like hit the goal line on his drop back, take a few steps, kind of a crow hop, and just launch it and see if he could get it. See they if need he to do that, one. like at the end of a half or something. Yeah. Say we're playing, like throw him in and just let him throw a hail mary if it's the last play and we're not in. Field I mean, goal he range. came in for honestly... the Ole Miss last game or Ole Miss game last year. Well, yeah. Um, and then he just ran out of bounds after clock expired, which was so stupid. But God, that made me. That well, game he threw made a fa- me before, so like he threw the ball in the right spot. He just threw it two hundred miles an hour. Like, <laughs> yeah. No one was catching that. <laughs> God, that if was I was a- high pool, I would send him out there a couple times a game. And I would, I'll tell him just throw it as like if you throw it into the stands, I don't even care through the back of the end zone. Like just uncork, unleash one. it, yeah. just let it go. It gets send Seti Tillman deep and just let that cannon loose. Who knows? You want to stretch the field? First, he he did that in the first game last year. That was, he threw. A yeah, we were at that game. Tillman. Yeah. Gosh. God, that that game that pit game was so frustrating. Oh, I think y'all are gonna beat Pitt this year for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I mean, you should beat them last we're year. Gonna, we're gonna ruin ruin their season just like they ruined our. Well, they didn't really ruin it, but yeah, it'll be nice to just beat them down in Pittsburgh too. Yeah. That day y'all played Pitt, I was that was the day of the Arkansas Texas game, and I actually watched most of that game in one of the big auditorium classrooms on campus. We pulled it up on like the big projector, and we were just chilling in there, had our cooler, and it was awesome, honestly. We got their suit. Like the game was at, it was, a, I think it was an 11 a.m. Or, or noon kickoff. And Arkansas didn't play till like seven. So we were already on campus like super early, just chilling, watching the balls. It was a nice. tough loss, though. It was a it fun was. way to watch, but not a fun, we not just, a fun one to we watch. We shot ourselves in the foot too many times that game. Yeah. It's okay. It was the start of the hypo era. Yeah. You're going to go up to Pittsburgh and prove what's up. Exactly. With no Kenny Pickett, too, it, it should be a cakewalk. With Joe Milton at QB1. Yeah, we let Joe Milton get his revenge. <laughs> Joe Milton's <laughs> revenge. We need a someone. Someone on start that. needs to coin it. That Joe Milton, Big Joe's revenge game. I was gonna say, like, I think I might just start being like Joe Milton revenge tour two K twenty two. Like that's my happen. personality on Twitter. Like I just am a Joe Milton. Yeah, Joe Milton fan. Yeah, <laughs> just going crazy for Joe. I love it. And just like pissed when he's not in the game. <laughs> like, yeah, just, Hooker could be Joe doing it great. Burner. And I'm just like, what? Why is it put in Joe? God. Let's hit I, into our uh let's hit yeah, into the we, second second round of the draft, boys. Yeah, day two. Or day I guess two. Week, week two. We've been plotting on this. Yeah, uh, I've, I've got my big board ready to go. So it looks like I've, I'm I've been on the clock for a while now. And yeah, you know, I think I'm gonna I'm really stockpiling maybe for some I'm already going I'm writing it down in my book. Here so I'm going to read off the teams real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah go for it. So, so the listeners know. So right now we're halfway through our super conferences if you haven't been listening. So me Nick and Seth are all drafting our own super conferences. There's going to be some teams left out but that's okay. Basically we're just trying to draft what we think are the conferences of the future. What will set us up for success for for revenue for clout dare i say um i'll read off mine real quick so will i have 
Michigan, Notre Dame, Clemson, LSU, Texas A&M, Oregon. Nick has the Ohio State University, Bama, Oklahoma, Penn State, Miami, and Wisconsin. And then Seth has Florida, Southern California, USC, Texas, Nebraska, UNC, and Arkansas. And Seth is on the clock with his next pick. A lot of big teams out there. Yeah. A lot of teams, our listeners probably are like, how are they still on the board? But that's just how it's that's just how it's gone. So how the draft so. works. It's NCAA wide. There's a lot of teams out there. All right. So with the first pick of day two, um, I thought the choice was obvious when we uh, departed last time. And, uh, you know, I've kind of honestly, I've waffled all week on who I might be choosing. Um, but when it came down to it, when it came down to it, we had to go with the big orange. I knew it. The I University hoping... of Tennessee will now be in my super uh... conference, an elite school in football and basketball and baseball to some extent in all three. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, has the potential to grow in the future. A, a passionate fan base who I think will always support the Vols, and especially once we get rolling in this conference. Uh, a natural rival to North Carolina, to Arkansas, and to Florida. Uh, I think they'll bring a great academic institution into our conference and be a leader for years to come. So the Tennessee Vols are now in my super conference, which I will be naming by the end of this show. I'm going to name my conference. I don't know if mm. you guys want to name yours, but yeah, I think I was, mine will have I was a name. thinking about making a name for mine, but I got to find out my few more teams before I really fit, have a name that fits. I think I'll just be the diesel conference. <laughs> diesel. Conference diesel. Actually. I like yeah. that. Conference diesel. That just makes your pick seem a little different. All right. So I'm Crucial. on the clock now, we snake right? In, we snake in the same way? Yeah. Yeah, I guess we're we snaking have the same way. Right. Um, so Tennessee was number one on my big board. I had a feeling, Seth. I kind of had that. Well, we are going to have some trades later on. Like, I yeah. kind of might have taken them as a little bit of a piece. Like, uh, I might get some good reward for the Vols later on. Hmm. I really can't believe they slipped this far, honestly. That's a I know. you could have easily I was, taken in the I was first thinking I could rounds. get them day two, and I, I think I made a mistake by thinking they were going to fall. You mentioned it, too, and I said – yeah. Mm. I, I knew that they were on my board to either pick last of I either was going to pick them last of day one because I had the last pick of or pick them. Uh, but I'm kind of glad I picked them first for day two. All right, Trush, what you got? So Tennessee was number one on my big board. Um, and this team that I'm about to select is actually not number two or number three on my big board currently. But the more I think about it, really just. I think it's the right move here. Um, and it, it might uh, surprise you guys a little bit, but they just gave their coach a fat extension. They're very good. They have a legendary coach in basketball. We're taking Michigan state mm. for the first uh, draft pick to my team here um, on the second day. Uh, That's a good pick. Yeah. Mel Tucker, obviously big Tom Izzo is a, a legendary basketball coach uh, just to, I, i'm taking programs here that I, I know are winners um and i think michigan state is going to be a cornerstone piece um in my super conference the extension could be a big deal especially yeah. if we're talking about the future how many years does Izzo have left i don't know but yeah he probably could be gone here he's soon, good he's healthy yeah basketball coaches man they get old 
They do. Let's they see. seem to get a lot older than football coaches. Yeah, you're out in the sun. You're running up and down the sideline. It, it, it wears you out a, few a little old bit more ones. on the football. Mac Brown's fairly old right now, but he's really the oldest guy. I mean, Frank Beamer was pretty old. Paterno was old. Saban's old. Saban is old. Saban is old. You kind of Saban's forget it. Saban's 70. Yeah, he's old. 70, man. That's crazy. Die. All right, so I've got two picks coming up here, and I think I know where I'm going for both of them. Nice. I'm going to take the defending national champs. God, that was next on my board. Georgia Bulldogs, and I'm going to take one of the most storied programs in college football history. One of the most storied college football coaches. Ever. I hope this not is currently third, third team. Not either. currently, but I think they're going to get back to their winning ways at some point. And I'm going to take the Florida State Seminoles. God, you took my two and three. Jeez. Uh, I guess great. Well, why'd you take your, Why'd you take your number four on the board when you could have taken your top two or three? Yeah, but I, I, I thought they could fall again. I guess I'm just reading the draft room here. You're reading. <laughs> you could. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, nice pick. one, two, nice and pick. three. Off I think I think those are really good. To like first picks of day two, Georgia and Florida State. Yeah, pretty that's solid. True. Mm. I'm kind of in a bind here. There, there are a couple of teams that are still pretty good, but some of the teams that I really wanted. We did say, are we doing twelve team conferences? Yes, yes. Team okay, conferences. just had to clarify. I mean, I mean, we could go to we could go to round three and do eighteen. <laughs> Day three, who are we picking? Houston, welcome (laughs) to my super conference. Memphis, you're in. I would not want to mess with some of those crappy teams. But great programs. Yeah, I mean, my my big board is really just turned upside down right now. (laughs) Uh, This this is not great news, but says the man who didn't use the big board you already had. (laughs) You're like, oh yeah, my two. I'm gonna skip the big. I'm skipping the. This isn't like position needs as much in like football. Like, yeah, not like oh, I need a quarterback. You're like, no, I'll just skip. I'll skip who I rank two and three. I'll just go to four. (laughs) Look, I I was playing some mind games here, and it, it didn't work out well, but um. I think I might skip around my big board again. I didn't really learn my lesson. So I think uh, we're going to make another skip here, and I'm going to skip my number five team. We're going to go to number six. I'm taking Oklahoma State. This might be a little bit of a reach here, but I'm thinking, look, I'm a big Mike Gundy guy. I, I want him in my conference. And um, Oklahoma State, great, bas- or great baseball school as well. Good but, basketball uh, too. Yeah, pretty good in basketball. They had Marcus Smart uh, recently. Who is, Doug Gottlieb. Uh, yeah, Doug Gottlieb. So I think uh, Oklahoma State, it's going to be another one of those Wisconsin-esque teams that I know they're getting eight or nine wins a season in football usually. Uh, they had a great season in football last year. And with how the Big 12 is looking in the future here, they could kind of just start running the table. So I'm looking to the future here a little bit that uh, Texas and Oklahoma will be leaving, which leaves the door wide open for Oklahoma State. I'm taking the Cowboys. They're coming home. Very nice. A little fact I saw that I was not aware of, Oklahoma State, probably the most notable school along with Kansas State, never been number one in football. They were, they've been number two or three, right? Haven't they've been, been number two. Yeah. Oklahoma State, yeah, they made it up to number two, never, never made it up to number one, at least in the AP poll is what mm. I saw. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, the success they had last year is going to carry on, so I'm excited to have them in the conference. Very nice. 
All right. So after my pick of Tennessee, I have settled in on my second pick of the day. I will be taking as a brethren in the Midwest, the Iowa Hawkeyes Ooh. as my team of choice. Not bad. Keeping I the will, hero alive. I will be absolutely locking down the corn belt over there with Nebraska and Iowa locked in. I have a big rival for Nebraska there, border rival. I think that could be exciting in the future. Um, it kind of adds to my Midwest flair. I kind of, with Texas, Arkansas, Nebraska, Iowa, we're kind of in that region of the country a little bit. We're tying in together. Um, so we got that covered. And with my next pick, I will be going West Coast. The PNW, the Pacific Northwest. I'm oh, going with the Huskies yeah, out of Washington. Mm. It's on my big board, and now it's gone. Yep. But it was not my number five. So Washington will join USC as my westernmost teams. I'm excited to have them in our conference. I think they bring a lot to us, both on the football field. They have a really nice new football stadium. Very cool. Uh, their mascots, the Huskies, they're purple. Very nice. A nice state school to add. Um, they got a, eh, I don't really know that. I just feel like it's a pretty cool school. Seattle's cool area. Um, I'm really, I think they can bring a lot to the conference. Big name brand. Let's go Huskies. Good pick. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where some of these big 12 and Pac-12 teams end up uh, as the conferences may just dissolve or maybe they go on and, Washington kind of takes the reins there and starts running it. Who knows? Crazy things can happen. Um, but it is my time here to make another selection. Um, and this is, I'm not jumping on my board this time. We're, we're going back to my roots. We're, we're taking who I, I selected here. And I think uh, this could end up paying off. Um, I'm a big fan of this school. Actually, not really. I, I kind of hate this school, but uh, I'm a big fan in terms of bringing them into the conference. Uh, <laughs> really, basketball wise, I'm excited. Uh, their head coach, Bobby Huggins. We're taking the Mountaineers, West Virginia. Oh, okay. We're taking the Mountaineers. Look, uh, they, they made the tournament last year uh, in basketball and then in football. Um, the play haven't had a conference title in a little while, but that's all right. Uh, they're going to be, they, they've had some success and they're going to be a good rival, um, for Penn state. I think, uh, that's going to be a nice little rivalry we can add in there. So West Virginia, the Mountaineers are being selected as my number ninth, number nine team in my conference. I like it. I've got a mm, so I've got two picks coming up. Yeah, this is a pretty pivotal moment here for you, Will. Yeah, I know what I'm doing with the first one. All right. The first one, I'm going out west. Oregon's getting lonely out there, so I'm going to grab UCLA. Oh, Ooh, my big board very is nice. Being diminished right now. Very nice. Yeah, that was on my wants list. Store historic basketball program. Football, I think, is on the come up. We'll see. Play the Rose Bowl, dude. They should be good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's just UCLA, I mean, college football out in L.A. is just kind of cool. 
UCLA and USC, they're just kind of cool. I don't know what it is. They're going to get some recruits. They'll turn it around. Obviously, basketball's been pretty successful recently and one of the most storied programs of all time. So there's that. Now, I'm really torn. And uh, you know what? I think I'm going to go with another basketball school, but one on the other side of the country, just about. Another blue team. I'm going with the oh. Kentucky Wildcats. Oh, I just put Kentucky down on my list. Yeah, here. they were number 10. So, wow, I only have one team left on my big board now. Well, well I was going to say, you know, easy. If, if we're talking about an entire conference, for day one, my conference is looking pretty weak in basketball, but now it's really turning around. You know, you get UCLA, Kentucky, give it a little more. Yeah, oomph. I don't. I don't know. Well, I mean, Michigan's a good basketball program. Michigan's good. Notre Dame's been good, but Oregon's had some good years. LSU's been good. A&M, not so much, but yeah, Florida State's been good. But yeah, Yeah. no, you just, you did solidify that area of the, yeah, you kind of locked up uh, UCLA and Kentucky. That's two pretty good ones in basketball. All right, Truce, what you got? So we're back on the board here. I only have one team left on my big board. We're going to have to go off script after this. Easy option. Uh, It's an easy option here. Another, I mean, my focus has really been on basketball and football. Another team that has had great success. Well, great success in basketball recently and good success in football recently as well. Um, And that is Baylor. I'm selecting Baylor on my next uh, pick here. They've kind of fallen a little bit. I mean, I think uh, they, they've got a big football recruiting class coming in, just recently won a national championship in basketball. Um, they're going to be a cornerstone piece, and I'm very glad to take them at number 10 overall on my uh, my conference here. So That's a great 10th pick. The, I'm I, very happy I kind of can't one. believe they slid this far, but then I look and it's like, okay, that makes sense. It's kind of the perfect area for them. Yeah. I'm I'm very happy with that, but uh, we're gonna have to get a little uh, little scrappy here at the end. Gonna have to get a little creative. All right, back over to my conference. Uh, maybe it may just be the conference of champions. I think that's what I'm gonna call it. A little Bill Walton reference there, even though I don't have UCLA. I did want UCLA. That that was that was probably gonna be. I don't know if I would have picked them in this next round, but. Anyway, all right. I've just added a program to my list that I had not really thought of, but um, I may or may not pick them. I may wait. I got a bunch of question marks on my sheet right now. I think that's that's where uh, that's where I'm at. But I'm gonna stick to the Southeastern Conference. I'm poaching Ooh. another team from the SEC. And a little, maybe a little outside the box, but I don't think so because the program support is very, very, very much there and success in the recent years and history is very much there. The Auburn Tigers Mm. will be in my conference. I like, I like Auburn here. Um, All three sports, they made the college world series. They were number one in basketball for a lot of the year last year, and they'd have a very storied and historic football program with a national championship in the last 10 years, uh, or at least 12, 13 years. Um, 
anyway, I think Auburn brings a lot to the table. Um, I think it's a great athletic program to bring into our conference with a lot of potential. And with that being said, um, I am going to maybe focus a little on basketball here. Um, But all in all, just get a little regional flair that I I need a little more flavor out west. I'm going with Arizona. Arizona Wildcats. I just like the state of Arizona very much, so I'm glad they will be in our conference. They have a storied basketball program. I think they could be better at football. I don't really know. Honestly, probably not, but we need a few automatic wins throughout the year. I think I needed a little more regional in the West because I've committed to Washington. Um, I've committed to Washington and USC. Um, I needed a little more to connect the West out there, so uh, I'm bringing in Arizona. I like that pick. They're, um... I thought about Arizona State too, but I decided on Arizona, the flagship institution. They've won more actual stuff besides baseball. Arizona State's won a lot of baseball, but my thinking is why can't Arizona be that good at baseball? They should be awesome at baseball. Hmm. So I'm kind of torn here. There's a couple of different ways that I can go. No, I got several different programs I, I would be happy with if they make it back around. But at number 11, I think this is a good spot. Uh, they haven't had quite the basketball success over the past seven years or so, but uh, they did have some success in the, the mid-2010s um, and had some very good success in the 90s, um, runner-up in the national championship uh, in the late 90s and a Rose Bowl appearance last year. The Utah Utes are being selected at number 11. We needed another Pac-12 team here. Or Actually, I don't even think I have a Pac-12 team on my team or on my conference. So we need, we need one of those Pac-12 teams to be selected here. We need some representation out West. Um, great, uh, great football success recently in a team that uh, is really on the rise for football. But uh, uh, basketball, we're going to need some work. But I'm not worried about that right now. I'm worried about football. Utah is coming into my conference. Not bad. Man, last two picks for me, I am very torn. I think I'm going to go with the school. A lot of success in basketball, recent national champs. Pretty solid at football at times. I'd say recently pretty good at football. And I need someone to bring the GPA up. So I'm going with UVA, the mm, Virginia Cavaliers. about them earlier. Okay. Now this is where it gets kind of funky. There's a couple of really big basketball schools I could go with. And really, I think I could really solidify myself as the basketball conference. Although Seth's looks pretty good too. Actually, your yours both does actually not too bad. But I'd say I've got about four schools I'm looking at right now. Mm. You know what? I think I'm gonna go ahead. 
this school is not going to compete much in football, but they're a great basketball school. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Duke. Yep. Duke. I like that pick. Really rounded out the uh, academics and basketball schools here at the end. Yeah, yeah. So, as I've been talking about – wait, do you have one more, Will, or was that – or did you just go two in a row? That was two Sorry. in a row. I went UVA, okay. then Duke. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's right. I was I was doing some research, wasn't paying the closest attention. But during that research, I pulled up a list here of the richest college football programs – And I was pretty surprised to see this team tied uh, with Arkansas in terms of revenue here, uh, tied at 16 for the top 25 most valuable college football programs. And my conference is all about the money, baby. That's what we're looking at here. We want success and money. Um, And who I am taking is in the SEC, we're taking Mr. Rattler and South Carolina as the final pick for my conference here. We needed a little more bolstering from the uh, SEC here. They've got 95 million in revenue from college football last year. Uh, They've got a loyal fan base, not as loyal as Tennessee, but I will uh, give them a little praise here. We're taking the university of South Carolina, the real USC as my last overall pick in the 2022 college athletic programs draft pay dirt draft. Mm, so, um, congrats! Seth, you got. I'm, uh, I'm a excited lot to, live, to pick. Live up to here. I'm excited for this pick. Um, I will be rounding it out with a basketball centric selection to also bolster my basketball conference, which is already fairly strong. But it never hurts to add a blue blood. I'm going with a Midwestern powerhouse, the Kansas Jayhawks. Ah. Solidifying the Midwest, connecting my conference as the center in the conference of champions will truly be complete. Even my 12th pick has just won the national championship. So um, what I'm, I'm very excited about the future of our league. I think I, I, I bolstered it there with Arizona and Kansas at the end. Um, I have so of I have North Carolina, Arizona, Kansas, Arkansas, uh, Florida, with just and even Auburn recently. A lot of basketball, you know, strong basketball conference there. Um, but then combined with a lot of uh, on-field football success and just like solid teams, like you know, year in and year out, it's just gonna you're probably gonna produce a couple high-level teams, and then you're just gonna have a lot of competition. A lot of strong storied programs with great fan support. Really excited. I think uh, I think my conference is is going to be pretty great. I think I will be separating into, I guess East and West is what it's going to have to be. Um, I think that'd be good. I think I'd get in the East. I'd have Florida, North Carolina, Tennessee, Auburn, and. Probably Arkansas. And then in the West, I'd have Kansas, Washington, USC, Nebraska, and Arizona. Nice. Conference of Champions. It's shaping up. 
what if somehow down the road, I mean, this was th- these th- this was kind of fun because this actually could never happen. Like these this group of conferences could never ever happen, but it's fun to think about. And it's fun to see what you guys kind of value in a school or like, I don't know. It's just been that this has been a fun exercise. I know. I, know, I really like just as your last pick. I kind of wish I would have thought of that one. Did you all have any honorable mentions or anyone left on your big board that you were thinking about getting? Yeah. Virginia Tech was online. Yeah. I was mm. thinking about Virginia I really thought Tech. about Virginia Tech and you took Virginia pretty late and I'd already had Virginia Tech down and I was like, man, they have it. I mean, they just like they have a good solid program. I, that's what I'm kind of. To, I, I think healthy football program builds a, especially in the future, builds a very healthy athletic program, or at least the chance to have a very ath- healthy athletic program. So um, they were on mine. And honestly, a team, when I was kind of thinking out West, I thought about going with like a Colorado or something just to be kind of have a fun other state as part of my union. But uh they didn't quite have any of the high level success I was really looking for, for my conference of champions. Um, so that was kind of all I was thinking. Yeah. I was thinking potentially Syracuse as a basketball pick. Um, and honestly, they're not like terrible at football. Either. Yeah, they've, they've had, had some a, good years. They've had some good years. So I was thinking about Syracuse and then was also considering BYU a little bit. Mm, BYU thought, would have been a good one. I thought they could have been maybe if I had, 13 if we did maybe 14 picks they probably would have ended up in in my conference but they just couldn't win out but they've had pretty good success in both basketball and football so let's say those are kind of two other teams that I was looking at as well yeah I had four left on my list and uh I had Indiana Louisville Minnesota mm. and and actually, UCF was my last one just because. Oh, I thought about UCF. They were the one yeah. team outside of, like, I considered it. Yeah. That would have been fun. Nice. But so, yeah, those are yeah, good I'm ones. Gonna, Indiana would have been pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to read off everyone's – or we can each read, read off our own. So, I'll read off mine real quick. I've got Michigan, Notre Dame, Clemson, LSU, Texas A&M, Oregon, Georgia, Florida State, UCLA, Kentucky, UVA and Duke. You had a really strong day too, there, Will. Georgia, Florida State, UCLA, Lake, especially when you view it in a little bit of a basketball lens. Um, I know I go defending national champs in football, and then I kind of go just like really good basketball after that. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. It looks, it's good. That was pretty nice. I think I did a little bit better. Um, I will come. I don't in. know if I was if I was rating. I don't know, Truce. Picking going for Oklahoma State with pick number seven. I think you, I just think you could have gotten that them was way later. Okay, yeah, well, like pick number eight. I think you could have gotten them at pick number twelve. I'll be honest. I they I weren't know. on my board. I'm looking at Oklahoma the, State. Look, they're going to be the the them and good. Baylor. With your pick, believe in it. Yeah, I, I'm just I, saying. I I, if I teams. was grading your draft, you'd get like a D plus, maybe. No way. My day one makes up for it. I mean, so I have named my conference uh, the DDC, the Dirty Dozen Conference. <laughs> oh, uh, I was thinking about that. I was. The Dirty Dozen Conference. Uh, that is what I am naming my, uh, my super conference here. And we'll start off with the Ohio State University, University of Alabama, University of Oklahoma, Pennsylvania State University, University of Miami, University of Wisconsin, Michigan State University, Oklahoma State University, West Virginia University, 
Baylor University, the University of Utah, and University of South Carolina to round out the Dirty Dozen Conference, also known as the DDC. Um, very happy with my picks here. Look, I, uh, I, I'll bring on all the haters. This conference, bar none. It, it's the SEC of our draft, really, here. Um, it, it's the elite conference. It's a conference that everybody wants to even, see. How many SC, the only SEC team, you got Bama. The only SEC teams you got in here are South Carolina. South Carolina and Bama. Congrats, you poached South Carolina. <laughs> you're, you're a true conference, conference of champions. We are a conference of champions. No, we, uh, my conference aptly named the conference of champions. We start off with the university of Florida, university of Southern Cal, Texas, Nebraska, North Carolina, Arkansas, Tennessee, Iowa, Washington, Auburn, Arizona, and Kansas. I'm feeling really good about mine, but I would. I mean, I mentioned it before, but do we want to open it up for trades? I mean, is there a team? I mean, are we pretty set with our guys, or is there a swap you propose? Would you put it? Would you put something on the trade block? I'm I'm open to hear any. I don't know yeah. if I really. I don't I'd, know if uh, I need to trade any. I'd offer you South Carolina for Tennessee. South Carolina, South Carolina <laughs> for Tennessee. Yeah, come on. Look, they're both SEC teams. Explain about it to here. me. Make it make sense to me. I mean, we have the number three quarterback in, in the nation. We have the number three quarterback <laughs> in the nation, according to PFF. But <laughs> Hennon Hooker couldn't even break the top 20. So I don't see why you wouldn't want South Carolina, especially with their recent uh, Final Four appearance in basketball. Uh, or did they make it all the way to the Natty that year? Final four, I think it was final four. Yeah. And more than, four. Hey, more final fours than Tennessee's been yeah, too. more final fours than Tennessee has, uh, apparently a better outlook on in football, according to PFF. <laughs> um, and look, everybody loves Beamer ball. I mean, national championships in baseball. Yeah. True. And I mean, absolute powerhouse in women's basketball. Very Best true. in the country right now. We, well, we good really for you. At, I'm glad they're in your conference. <laughs> Sounds awesome. <laughs> Look, I made a clear cut case as to why you would want South Carolina over Tennessee. I would if you trade, don't want to listen to that, that's fine. Hey, Seth, yeah. actually, I would trade uh I would trade our 12 picks. I trade Duke for Kansas. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, interesting. I'm I might consider I do have North Carolina, so I could come I could throw the, that would be pretty epic. You'd have the yeah, you'd have the Duke. I think that rivalry. would be nice. And I like Duke in my region, Kansas. I was hoping for Arkansas, Kansas basketball rivalry a little bit there. Um, but they don't add much in football, but neither really does Duke. Okay. All right. All right. I'll accept your trade. All right. Wow. I'll take Duke. A blockbuster trade here. Now Will I'm has the reigning national champions in both football and basketball in his conference. Good point. I really just kind of – I'd probably honestly rather stick to Kansas, but for the sake of the fun of the trade, I'm, I'm up for it. I just like – I like Lance Leopold, and I don't think he's going to leave necessarily if Kansas gets solid. Trade. So I have Duke. Wow. Well, I like putting Duke and North Carolina together, to be honest. I do. I like the thought of that. Um, Kansas was a pretty good regional thing for me, but I'll survive in the Midwest. 
Um, you got Nebraska and Iowa. I got Nebraska and Iowa, and yeah, we'll be fine. Um, I would, yeah, I honestly was going to offer you Nebraska for something, but Ooh. I really like my position there. I, I need them to anchor the Midwest for me. They're my absolute anchor. Yeah, I'm pretty good with my team. I would trade Washington for Oregon. No, nah, I don't want to do that. Right, fine. <laughs> I, I didn't sell. I didn't sell that one very well. I would do it, but uh, I, I didn't I'm, figure yeah. you would go for that one. I mean, that's I, not I like, like the a, Nike, I like the Nike money. Yeah, with the Nike, the Nike thing with Oregon is pretty crazy and a big advantage. Yeah, I was talking. I was talking about a, a lady that went to Oregon, uh, just recently, talking about Nike and stuff. How big it is? She said. Imagine how big it is. It's like 50 times bigger than you could imagine. And everything is Nike in Oregon. Yeah. Well, good deal. The conference right, of champions will will fight on. Yeah, we'll have to. Uh... Hey, we need to do like, no, what we need to do is take these, like, take our conferences and stick with them through this next upcoming year and kind of do like a total yeah. tally of how our conference did. I like that. <laughs> over, let's say over. Over the whole year? Yeah, just, we'll do it over or... football. Like, we'll do a football section of it, and then we'll regroup and look at basketball, basketball and everything. Yeah. If you do a point system, like yeah. regular season wins are one point. If you win your division, that's like three or something. If you win a conference yeah, we'll come up five. With five. We'll come Natty, up with five. Natty is 10 or 15 for sure. Natty's kind like of... 10, and a bowl game win is worth like two or something. Well, or yeah. what if it's like a – New Year's Eve bowl game. Would that be yeah, worth that's, more? Oh, yeah. Good point. Good point. All right. We can come up with the yeah, like, yeah, football is different, too, because you got three times or, you know, three times as many games in basketball almost. So, like, a win, yeah, we, like, we, we have to football's make football's got to be kind of a little more valuable. Agreed. Mm, good point. Good point. Because you can Cause, kind of rack up a lot of wins in basketball, yeah. which yeah, I mean, it's fine. I mean, that's part of the conference deal, but. I don't know. I figure there's some way to kind of balance it out. But yeah, that'd be fun to uh, kind of track that all year. Keep it, keep up with it. Nice. All right, guys. I think I'm going to go ahead and close it out. Um, guys, thanks again for listening. It's been Paydirt Sports, part of the Six Pack Coverage Network. You can check them out at sixpackcoverage.com or at sixpackcoverage on Instagram and Twitter. Check us out, website, paydirtsports.blog, Twitter at paydirt underscore sports, and on Instagram at Paydirt Sports. Guys, thanks again for listening, and we will see y'all next week. Paydirt out.